Hello friends, welcome back to AlleyCast. I am so excited for today's episode. So we are talking to the Buyer Sisters. We have Carly, Elena, and Julie, and they are on a mission to make your periods as painless as possible, to help you sync your cycle, balance your hormones, and all of that juicy stuff. So we talk about just a beginner's guide to your cycle. You know, what are the four phases, which is something, honestly, I am shocked that I would never learned until I'm almost 30. So there's that also how to track your cycle, how to determine what phase you're currently in, how to tell if your hormones are out of whack and a bombshell that PMS symptoms are not normal. That's right. Something that over 90% of us struggle with should not be happening. So they also chat about the best things to eat during each phase of your cycle, how to exercise, and the best and worst things for your hormones. A little hint, you shouldn't be drinking coffee on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. I know. Worst and best news ever. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. They are incredible. They're hilarious. And let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. I am back here with the Buyer Sisters. So we have Carly, Elena, and Julie, and I am so excited to have you guys here. This is my first group interview, first of all, so I'm super excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. But if you guys want to just go around, maybe starting with you, Carly, and just you know share a little bit about yourself, your story, how you guys got into this field, and we can do a little, you know, a little icebreaker <laughs> to start. Awesome. Okay, I'm Carly. I'm the middle of the Balance Buyers. And I currently live in Rhode Island. I'm obsessed with hormone health. I have a dog named Howie. And we just wanted to say too, we absolutely love your granola butter. So that's a fun fact about all three of us. Nice. And (laughs) yes. So Julie, you want to go ahead? Yeah. So I'm Julie. I'm the youngest of the three. I also live in Rhode Island. So the three of us live super close to each other. Because we follow each other everywhere. <laughs> Let's see what else. This is not my full time job. None of our full time jobs, actually. So, Balance Bars is just kind of like a side thing that hopefully turns into a full time job for the three of us. But I love walking, being outdoors, playing co ed soccer, cooking, eating. I don't know. So many different things. But that's a quick gist. <laughs> This is Elena. I'm the oldest and probably the most shy out of the three of us. (laughs) You'll probably notice that on our Instagram, like Carly and Julie are doing crazy, funny things and I just freeze up. (laughs) But yeah, I'm the oldest and I am 35 weeks pregnant currently. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. So we're about a month out. This is my second. I have a son. He's two and a half. And yeah, just getting ready for the baby and, you know, enjoying the last month of work with our clients with power periodization is our main program. So yeah, so just getting ready for the baby basically at this point. And yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So fun. I've always wanted a sister. I had a younger brother or I have, I don't know why I said I had, um, he's still, <laughs> he's still alive. Um, Chris, he's four years younger than me, but I've always, I don't know. I've always had something. Of course it's like, you always want what you don't have, but I always thought it was so cool. I don't know. And it's awesome that you guys are, seems like close in age and obviously close to each other. So that's really fun. We're all two years apart. So I'm 27. Carly's 29. And Elena, you just turned 31? Yeah, 31. Wow. I mean, props for your mom too when she when you guys were younger because that was probably not easy, you know? She was a single parent. So we were <gasps> oh handful. Oh my gosh. But we honestly, like we all played soccer growing up. So we were 
always playing on each other's teams and like trying to, you know, make it easier on our mom because she was like doing everything, like juggling everything while working. But yeah, MVP. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, props to the buyer mom because she is a, <laughs> she's a superhero. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to dive in. So for anyone listening, today's episode is going to be all about hormones, periods, PMS. I mean, all of the things that we don't always talk about, but is so important. And to give a little backstory to you guys, and probably the people listening may have heard this or may not, but I didn't get my period for over three years because I had struggled with disordered eating for so long. And just really, honestly, I was even in my early days, of my recovery was still restricting myself from carbs primarily, which as you guys know, is so important and just overall health and happiness and just deliciousness. So that's, I think, a huge reason why my hormones were so out of whack for so long. And so I really kind of hit this moment in my life where I was like, holy shit, like if I ever want to have kids, this is not healthy. I mean, having a period is like the fifth vital sign, right? And it's just one of those things that I think sometimes people will take for granted or feel like it's an inconvenience. But when you don't have it, it's something that you just want desperately to get back. And oftentimes it's hard to figure that out and hard to get back. So I'm really grateful to be able to say that I do have one now, you know, regularly. And I worked really hard for that to happen with my naturopath and with just, you know, eating more and eating more carbs. So this episode has a very special place in my heart. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are struggling with hormone issues. So first thing, I mean, would love to just hear from one of you or all of you, but how you got into this space, because obviously anyone who, you know, menstruates, this is something that they deal with on a monthly basis, but not everyone is interested enough to make it their part-time or full-time career. So whoever wants to jump in, would love to hear how you got into it. I can start with the first part of our lives, but like we mentioned before, we were competitive soccer players our entire lives, like playing on three teams at a time sort of thing. And, you know, at an early age when we got our periods and we had boyfriends, our mom was, she was unsure what happened with early pregnancy. She's like, I want you guys to be on birth control. Um, So we essentially all went on it. Julie didn't feel herself at one point and she was like, I'm not going to do this. But Elena and I stayed on it for about 10 years. And all throughout while playing college soccer, we were super active, always thinking about performance and how we can eat and exercise to like play our best. We honestly ate like crap too, like getting away with I'll run it off later kind of situation. Like we were so fit. So we ate a lot of things that were processed and junk food and Gatorade and all of that. And it wasn't until we graduated and moved beyond soccer that Elena here, she found out about health coaching and the Institute of Integrative Nutrition from a friend. So Elena, why don't you take it from here? I want to chime in. I think I was a senior in college. So you guys, I was about to graduate. And I remember I started like sneaking sweet potatoes and avocado into the cafeteria at school. And like, I started to really start to think about like healthy food. And then it kind of like, it was a ripple effect between the three of us. And then this is when like IIN came in. Yeah. And I think at that point I was struggling because we had played, you know, soccer all our lives and it was a big part of like my identity. And also like, you know, getting, we were really used to having a coach tell us, you know, how much to exercise when you're exercising. And like, you know, we had a cafeteria at school, you know, giving us all of our meals. So once I graduated, it was so hard to like sit at a desk all day long, not know how to cook for myself, you know, not know how much or how little to exercise. And it was just 
you know, really overwhelming. So we were all kind of going through like different things at different times, but in the end it came together. And when we found out that, you know, you could get certified and be a health coach and do that for a living, we were so excited because we were all in that place where we were getting excited about health for our, you know, in our own lives and helping to improve our own health. So we ended up going through the certification together because we literally can't do anything alone. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. And so we loved every bit of it. And the certification was like a mirror because it was, you know, helping us to see what needed to be changed in our own lives in terms of our health. And but there was one lecture that changed everything for us. And that was Alyssa Vitti. I'm not sure if you've heard of her before. Yeah. She's like the founder of Cycle mm-hmm. Thinking. She's incredible. Yeah. And she kind of like opened our eyes to how much the hormonal birth control that we were on was really just like a band-aid for us. And it was masking any hormonal issues that we were going through and that we weren't really having like a real menstrual cycle. And so at that point, it kind of was like history from there. And we took it from there. And, you know, Carly and I decided to come off of hormonal birth control I had PCOS, Carly had like amenorrhea. And so we all had our own issues. And we realized too, like all the women in our lives were dealing with stuff too, like our good friends, you know, our cousins or whoever else. And we were like, wait, there has to be something wrong here. Like, why is every woman struggling with their menstrual cycle or having like really terrible PMS symptoms, you know, things like acne, all those things. So we became really passionate about like taking care of ourselves, healing what we were going through, and then also shouting everything that we were learning from the rooftops. And so we went from having like a very, first of all, we all started with our own health accounts, like on Instagram. We were talking about this, we would like compete against like who would Instagram, like we would all have the same meal and who could get like the the best picture. My Instagram name was, do you want to eat well? Because my name is Julie. So it's just like, do you want to eat well? And like our whole town was following like all of us. And we were all like competing. People are probably like, what are they doing? Like this makes no sense. But we were definitely more food based, like in the beginning, like I would be in the kitchen, like whipping up recipes, like making like paleo muffins and like experimenting and it's just so funny because then Elena what you were going to say led to creating the balanced buyers account and we had like 500 followers like it was just so funny to to think about yes and so that's how it kind of got started and we you know from there we just continued like down this path like in this niche with you know menstrual cycles and helping women who are having issues with their cycles and we're just so passionate about it I can tell. I mean, it's so fun because for anyone who's listening that doesn't follow them, like number one, go follow them because there's so many accounts and amazing people, like you mentioned, who are actually, you know, making this like their life's work or their professors or they're studying, you know, stuff like this. And I think that's amazing. But you guys have such a great way of packaging it and making it just digestible to like, you know, peasants like me, like people that don't care to learn about all the intricacies of, you know, hormones and what they do in your body, but the way that you package it and just share it on social media in a fun, entertaining way, I think is a thousand times more effective, honestly, because for the most part, I think most of my life, you know, you hear about estrogen and progesterone in these terms, but I was a science major in college and I still sort of like glazed over because I'm like, okay, I mean, it doesn't really... I don't know, interests me. But the way that you guys do it with like the reels and like you're like putting a TikTok spin on 
<laughs> women's hormones are just so fun. I was going to say, like, we really pride ourselves on, you know, the saying knowledge is power. We believe it, but we don't really believe it as much as knowledge put to practice is power. And like, we pride ourselves on just knowing the science and then being able to communicate it to our clients and say, this is as simple as like a daily habit in your day that could help this hormone, you know, domino effect on your life and on your health. And like just simply breaking it down and making it so realistic and relatable is truly key for somebody to be able to implement it into their life. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're all about. We just want you to change your habits slowly over time so that it becomes your lifestyle. It sounds easier than it is, of course, but trialing and erroring, you know? No, I love that so much. And it's like empowering people to, cause you know, when it's your own body, it is super empowering to implement some of these things and actually see, you know, the results. Like we can get into this in a little bit, but I really want to touch on how you guys really promote, you know, listening to your body and especially with workouts, like not pushing yourself to do hit when you're about to start your period or in your certain phase of your cycle, because that for me was so life-changing, even though it sounds sort of intuitive, you know, it's like you're going inward, you're a little more tired, but I think just in our society, it's like, go, 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 you know, do the berries camp, do the soul cycle, like whatever burns the most amount of calories. And it's hard to slow down. It's hard to relax, but that has been game-changing for me just to you know, treat my body a little bit more gently. But I want to take a step back because for people who may be new to this, you know, even if it is their own body and we have these hormones, I think there is a lot of information. So could you do like a high level beginner's guide to your cycle and the four different phases that we all have? Yes, absolutely. And this is what we are obsessed with talking about. So we would love to do that. So before we get into it, though, I think it's important to mention, especially for the people who are very, very new to this, that women pretty much grew up thinking that there are only like two phases to their menstrual cycle, right? There's just like bleeding and not bleeding. But there's actually so much more that goes on behind the scenes with our hormones and the fact that it can be broken up into these four phases. Men actually have a 24 hour hormonal clock and it resets every single day. It's the same thing every day with cortisol and testosterone in the morning rising. And so it's the same for them every day, whereas women are going on a 28 day clock. So it's very, very different. And it makes a lot of sense why women are feeling different from week to week. And it also makes sense why we shouldn't be required to work out the same every week or eat the same every week. Things are going to be different for us. I just wanted to say here, like personally for all three of us, we always ate the same and worked out the same as athletes. And just, I'm sure anyone, whether you're considered an athlete or not, people are like doing this over and over the same stuff. And then they're wondering why they're missing their periods or they're experiencing PMS or they can't lose weight or reach their fitness goals. And it's all because we're not living in alignment with our natural hormone fluctuations that are happening constantly throughout the month. So that's why it's just so important like for us to be aware of what's happening in our cycle. And then you feel so much more in control and understanding and you give your body so much more compassion when you know what's going on with the ebbs and flows of your hormones. I think also going off that, it comes with like when you're working out with your friends or you're comparing yourself to people on Instagram and stuff like that, you see that they're doing this and they look a certain way. So you're like, I'm going to do what they do and work out how they work out every single day. When at the end of the day, if you're new to this, that's really not realistic and that's not how it works. And that's why we love cycle thinking because it's 
it's all about bio individuality. So it's about what works best for you. And through trial and error and cycle thinking, it won't happen overnight. But the more you do it, you'll become more familiar with it. So that's what we love. And so from here, we can break down like the four phases, essentially give you like the easiest way of explaining it. But I guess we'll start, first of all, the four phases of your cycle is menstrual, follicular, ovulatory, and luteal. And we'll start with the menstrual phase because that's actually the beginning of your cycle. It's day one. And also it's important to note that when you're spotting leading up to your period, that doesn't count as your day one. Day one of your period is when you need like a tampon or a menstrual cup. And I know a lot of our clients actually were confused about that. We were never taught that, you know, so people would consider the spotting as part of your period and it's not. But on average, like your menstrual phase should last between three to seven days. And it's also characterized as like winter. But for us, we like to give a nickname of the flow phase, just, you know, because of the flow of your menstruation and everything. And during this time, your hormones are essentially at the lowest point, which is why you might feel really tired and you want to like hunker down. In terms of food, you want to really focus on like, we like to say, act like you're sick. So what would you do if you were sick? You would chill out on the couch. You would watch Netflix. You would drink broths, stews, soups. You would really just like relax and chill out. And we like to, you know, really harp on that because it's hard for some women or menstruators because they're like, oh, well, I feel like crap. So I'm going to go hard at the gym today. It's the total opposite of what you need in this moment. And that just leads me to the exercise portion. Like you really should be focusing on low impact, slow things, just rest. Like restoration is the name of the game for your menstrual phase. And we also want to mention just like the mentality shift that is so hard for so many, especially us. Like when we first started to have a cycle strategy, it was so hard to slow down. And the saying go hard or go home used to be our mentality. But now we think there's a time and place for both. You go hard and you go home. During the menstrual phase, you're going home. (laughs) I love that. I feel like so many people listening might be able to relate to that, especially if they were a college athlete or like Olympic level athlete. Like there's so many different types of people who go from like the extreme to then not knowing what to do. And I think the slowing down just in general, like what Ali said earlier, slowing down in general is hard to do because we're go, go, go. So I feel like it definitely was hard for like me, especially because I love doing high intensity and workouts like that. So for me to listen and slow down and change my mentality during my menstrual phase was a challenge. And over time, like it's taken like two to three years where I can take a day off and not feel guilty or do a slower workout or go on a 60 minute walk and that's good enough. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a huge mindset shift. I guess we can go through the rest of the phases, but then I'm curious too. I mean, cause you mentioned menstrual is like day one of your cycle, but if you're not getting your period, how do you determine, you know, what cycle you're in? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're not getting your period, you're essentially like, you can't really know you are at your cycle. And a lot of people message us and they're like, I want to cycle track, but like, I don't even know where to begin because I'm not seeing any signs of a flow. And so we talk about this a lot, but like your body's basically like something's up 
And the best thing that you could possibly do is try to find the root cause of why you're not having a period. And it's chances are your hormones are not sufficiently being produced. So go get your hormones tested, see a functional medicine doctor. We always say, you know, that's your best bet to finding what's actually going on and how to naturally treat your issues rather than being prescribed medication, which unfortunately just masks the problem. Like if you come off the medication, the problems will still be there because they were never addressed in the first place. So if you're not getting a period, like here's your sign right now, girlfriend, go to the doctor, schedule it. I know sometimes it's hard to find a functional medicine doctor. So there's a website. I forget what it is. We'll have to send it to you. If you Google find a functional medicine doctor near me, like it will pop up and it's the easiest way to find one. Perfect. Yeah. I always felt that way with birth control. Like I remember in high school, cause I didn't get my period even, I mean, again, disordered eating until like I started spotting like when I was 18, which is so late. And I mean, genetically my mom didn't start hers till a little bit later, but I remember my doctor was like, okay, we're going to get you on birth control. And even at that young of an age, I had this intuition where I was like, I even asked her, I'm like, isn't that a Band-Aid? Like, don't you want to get to the root and figure out why I'm not getting my period? And she sort of had, didn't have an answer. And I was like, girlfriend, like, (laughs) I mean, I'll take it because you're telling, you know, at that point I was still like, you know, I'll hail, like the doctor is God, which I'm not dissing doctors because obviously they're incredible. But I think Western medicine just has such a, you know, you have an issue, like, let's just put a Band-Aid solution on it. It's not their fault, but it's a system, you know, they have like 10 minutes to deal with you, but yeah. So if you are missing your period, it could be from a number of things. And that's why we love to say go to a functional medicine doctor because they can get to the root cause. But a lot of the times it does have something to do with like not eating enough calories and over-exercising, you know, being in a very stressed out state 24-7. Stress is like the biggest culprit because it legitimately steals from all of our sex hormones. So our cycle doesn't even get a chance to get going. And so that's a big one that we get asked a lot. And a lot of the times, if you do make some lifestyle shifts, you'll see a change right away. But we do definitely recommend working with a doc- like alongside a doctor so you can get there quicker as opposed to doing like all the trial and error stuff and trying all the, sub- the supplements and things like that to get you there. Because you said this earlier, but your period is, you know, the fifth vital sign. And if you are not getting a period, it's a, like a big red flag that something's up and your body definitely needs the support for like the short term, like your short term health, and then also your long term health. Absolutely. Yeah, that is huge. Okay. Sorry. I know I derailed us with like that question. So that was the menstrual phase to lots of broths, you know, act like you're sick. I love that. Any excuse to just have Eric bring me things? I'm cool with it. I mean, like I'm sick. He's like every month. Yes. After that, what do we have? What's the second one? When your period officially ends, that's when you're entering the follicular phase. And I'll let you take over, Elena. Yeah, so the follicular phase is usually somewhere between like seven and 10 days. Every menstruator is different. So we like to compare it to the spring because it's all about growth. Your hormones are on the rise. And so this phase is all about essentially the follicles in your ovaries, they're maturing, and one is going to be picked for ovulation. And so it's like the spring and, you know, you're excited about everything. You're coming alive out of the winter time and your estrogen is rising, which is going to 
increase your energy levels as well. So you're, this is a phase that women start to feel really, really good again. And because we have so much energy, we tend to crave like lighter foods and things that are like more colorful, like salads. We're very satisfied with salads during this time and smoothies, as opposed to us like craving like a giant bowl of chili, that type of thing. In terms of exercise, now's the time to do like more cardio based exercise and we're just in general more motivated to like head to the gym we're excited about our workouts you know we're excited about going for those longer runs and i know that you like the peloton so we were thinking because carly and i we have we each have pelotons and we're obsessed like this is the time to do like a really good cody class (laughs) right totally i love him yeah I'm new to the Peloton world, but you know, I'm getting there. I feel like I'm trying out all the different instructors and kind of seeing who I like, but he's, I mean, by far, he just makes me laugh, which like makes the time go by faster. That's exactly how I feel. I like, he makes me laugh so hard. I just forget that I'm on the bike. But that's why we love him for the follicular phase because you're not overdoing it. Like his classes aren't overly intense. So like, it's the perfect way to exercise in your follicular phase. Cause like, you don't want to go too hard too soon and you'll know when you're ready to like take it up a notch, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say. So I just actually, this is like TMI for people listening, but it's not, it's not. Why am I saying that? So I just finished my period yesterday or two days ago. And so I guess I'm just entering follicular phase. I'm noticing I have slightly more energy, but like yesterday I forced myself to work out in the morning. So I was like, oh, maybe this will make me feel better didn't like I was still so tired so that's interesting you say that because I was going to ask you know it seems like it's maybe takes a few days like before because I was kind of thinking to myself I should have more energy by now well even us we tend to forget that our cycle is very fluid like there's no exact like start and end dates like your hormones are trying to do its thing and like it's just intuitively listening to your body while also trying to have a sort of sense of where you are you know like i know some people just feel like immediately let me switch to a long run but it's just like how do you feel today maybe also even sleep in a little and see if you have more energy later in the day to complete that workout because it just might be you know you're just tired but listening to your body it's just amazing what it can do for like just how you feel overall because you even said you were like i just felt so tired after that it didn't energize me like your workout should energize you instead of depleting you you know at the end of the day it's Yeah, what Carly said, listening to your body. And I feel like you'll know when you have the energy. Like when I'm in my follicular, I'm in my ovulatory right now. So I just left follicular, but I'm like, I'm buzzing. Like I have energy. I'm like making reels. I'm like doing all these things, working out. But like right after my menstrual, I wasn't fully ready yet. And like I went on like a long walk and that counted. And I was like, just because I'm in my follicular doesn't mean I need to push it. Like it's okay like you're going with the phases, but it's okay if you're not ready yet. Beautiful. I love that. And I think above all, what I'm getting is like, listen to your body, even if you're supposed to be X, Y, Z, because you're in this phase. Like, you know, I got like four or five hours of sleep that night. So it's like, no wonder I was struggling, right? It's like, just because my hormones are rising doesn't mean I can overcome like a shitty night of sleep. So that's a whole other thing too, like sleep, stress, like were you drinking alcohol? Were you eating enough? Like there's so much that plays into it. Like just because I'm in that phase, I might not fully be ready yet because of X, Y, Z factors also contributing to how I feel. So that's just another thing to think about too. This lifestyle, it's not about, you know, living it 
24 seven and being super strict with it. You know, life is going to get in the way and we just have to adjust. And we keep saying, listen to your body, but that's the most important thing. So this leads us into everyone's favorite phase, the ovulation phase. And a lot of people might have a hard time understanding when they hit this phase. Like, you know, cause like if you're on hormonal birth control, first of all, you don't experience any of these phases. Everyone's biomarkers are different. So it's like, you have to start recognizing your patterns and your biomarkers to understand when you move from each phase. But the ovulation phase is essentially when you start seeing more cervical mucus. So as soon as you see that, like it might be moist to begin with, that's a sign that estrogen is rising. And then when it becomes like stretchy, clear, lubricative, like if you were to put it between your fingers, it would stretch. Like that is super fertile. And that's like when you are in your ovulation phase, we came up with the acronym when you're melting. So that means your motivation's high, your mood's better, energy is increasing, your libido is increasing. If you're taking your temperature, your temperature will spike. Those are other signs of ovulation as well. And this usually lasts around like three to four days. Ovulation only happens on one day, but there's all these buffer days because it's just a super fertile time of the month and you can get pregnant. So that's why it's considered longer than one day. And we like to call it the glow phase because it's like when you're really feeling yourself, like Julie was saying, she's been going off on making reels. And it's amazing because all three of us are in different you know, phases. So it's like fun that she was like doing that for us because I might not feel the same way sometimes. And we notice that too, like as a business in general, like there are some times where we're just like mute on Instagram because we're just so busy or we're like in our menstrual or it's just so funny, like running a business while also cycle thinking and like being sister. It's really cool to see how sometimes like, yes, it's our business, but if we can't show up, like it's because we're tired and we need rest, like that's okay. And like that happens. It is cool to see. And another thing I wanted to know about ovulation, I just, had a flashback to like when I was younger and I used to get cervical mucus and literally have no idea what it was. I thought I would like pee my pants and I just never understood. And for people listening who might not know what it is, it's totally normal. And it's totally cool to talk about nowadays because back then no one would talk about it. And I never asked ever what it was. And I just think it's crazy how time has evolved. And now cervical mucus is something we chat about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as we should, and it's just like a part of, you know, life, like, and something actually, I was talking to my OB guy about this, I'm pretty sure. And she was saying that she has so many women come in thinking they have an STI or an STD because they just don't know. And it's just their cervical mucus or their discharge, you know, whatever you want to call it. And she was like, no, it's totally normal. And then it just goes to show that no, like we don't talk about it. No one's really taught you about it. And she's like, no, it's just like, you're normal. (laughs) And it's an amazing sign that you're producing enough estrogen. Like you need estrogen to reach a certain point to set off LH, which then sets off ovulation. So if your estrogen is not reaching a sufficient enough level, like you literally won't ovulate and that affects the rest of your cycle. So it's important to note when you're seeing the cervical mucus and to write that data down, that's important data that you should be putting into your app. And you might see it at different points of your cycle. And that's important to note too, but just knowing your patterns is really important. And so this is like when estrogen is peaking. And like I said, you're just feeling your best. 
it's similar to follicular phase in terms of food and exercise too. Like you feel light on your feet, like you want lighter foods, salads, colorful foods. We always like eating raw carrots, which is great for getting out the excess estrogen that's happening during that time. And in terms of exercise, like this is when you do your HIIT workouts and your interval training, your sprints. We highly suggest keeping it under 30 minutes though, because anything like over 30 minutes, your body might just be full on stressed out. And that's like not what we want to do during this time. Unless you're in a completely stress-free state and you have no problems and you're like perfect, then you can work out. (laughs) And you can work out as long as you want. But like if you're hustling and you're busy, (laughs) maybe keep it under 30. (laughs) And to bring it to like the Peloton stuff, if you're doing Peloton rides during this time, maybe you're doing like a Kendall tool or an Alley Love where they're harder. You know, the resistance higher, you're doing more hit. Those would be a great time, you know, to do in the ovulation phase. Love that. You guys should partner with Peloton, do a little cycle syncing, you know. I wish. Love that. <laughs> Carly, you were a Peloton um, person for Halloween, weren't you? I was Kendall tool. I was hoping that she see it, but she didn't see it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. You guys should do a post that's like, which Peloton instructor are you depending on your cycle or phase, I guess, whatever. Yeah. And then just tag the shit out of them. See if they see it. <laughs> that's so smart. We should definitely yeah. do that. Okay. So that's a great time of the cycle. But like we were saying, if you were always ovulating and always feeling like you could do hit workouts, like you would burn yourself out. Like we want the downtime. So like, you know, instead of being like, damn, it's so short. It's like, oh, I went so hard. Now it's time to relax. We're moving to the luteal phase, which is the longest phase. It's considered the second half of your cycle. So anything after ovulation is going to be in the second half of your cycle. So since it's so long, it's split up into two halves. And so I just wanted to know too, that it's important. Some people don't know when the transition happens between ovulation and luteal. So like the easiest way to note is when you just are dry, you have dry cervical mucus. So when you no longer see that fertile mucus, you're in your luteal phase. It usually lasts like around 10 to 14 days. If your luteal phase is less than nine days, definitely go get your hormones tested because that's just a sign that you might not be ovulating. There's a couple of things that might be happening there. And this is like the fall phase. So starting to get cooler out. You're starting to slow things down. We nickname it the slow phase. Your hormones are starting to decrease. So you might notice you actually get tired because your estrogen is starting to dip. So that energy is, is leaving. And in terms of food, like this is the phase where PMS happens, right? You're going up to your period. So the focus on food and exercise during this phase should be like top priority if you're new to having a cycle strategy. Right, Elena? Like, and Julie, it's like when you notice your PMS symptoms happening, you're not giving your luteal phase enough love. So your body's metabolism is increasing during this time. And I think the science is that you actually are required like 290 to 300 more calories during this time. So before cycle strategy, we would be like, I'm starving. I'm going to eat like all the brownies and all the things and my cravings are out of control. But it's all because like we weren't aware that your body's metabolism is speeding up. Like naturally you want to increase food, but you want to make sure that it's satiating and filled with fiber and balancing your blood sugar so that you can keep the cravings away and keep the PMS problems away. So we always like saying, you know, go to the store and bake a crap ton of sweet potatoes 
put them in your fridge. Whenever you're craving during this time and you want to grab like a bag of chips, eat something, eat like a complex carb that is like a sweet potato with almond butter and it will keep your cravings away. And like during this time, people might feel sad and more depressed, but like if you have a complex carb, it helps with your serotonin. Like it helps boost your mood. So instead of like shaming yourself for eating extra, just make sure it's quality snacks and one extra snack or meal a day might keep you really feeling good during a time when everyone's dreading it. Yeah, it's so empowering just knowing, like, because I think oftentimes the shame and the guilt around being so hungry or eating more than you're used to, whether or not you've had issues with food, I think just as a human is like, why am I so hungry? Like, I didn't do anything different today. And knowing the hormonal reason behind it, I think is just empowering because you're like, oh, this makes sense, right? It's like, before it didn't make sense. And you're like, what's going on? But now it's, you're putting two and two together. Exactly, Allie. I I feel like once you kind of are in the, you're tracking your cycle and you know what phase you're in, you expect it. You're like, oh, I'm in my luteal. So like, this is a more PMS phase. So I'm going to make the simple meals brownies and put granola butter on it, or I'm going to make the sweet potatoes. You're basically preparing yourself because you know what to expect. You know, you're going to be hungrier. And I notice it drastically. Like when we were on our cross country trip, my boyfriend and I, I was in my luteal and I was ravenous. And he was like, can you like just eat? And I'm like, listen, I'm in my luteal. I need that, that more question food. should be illegal, first of all. I know. I need more food to fuel me. Like, even if I'm sitting in a car all day driving around, like it doesn't matter. It's clear that I'm getting these signals from my body that I need more food. So I feel like for anyone listening, being prepared and expecting it instead of being like, oh gosh, I'm gonna like starve myself and work out harder because I'm eating more or XYZ. It's just, it's really cool to know that you have a choice and you know what's going on. Yeah. And just to have that predictability. And I think it goes along with like knowing your body and having that connection with your body. Like it really puts you in partnership versus constantly feeling like you're battling against yourself. Like, especially during this time, if you didn't know any of this stuff and you didn't prep and you're staring at your cupboard and all of a sudden you ate like a whole sleeve of Oreos, that puts you in a really bad state, like mentally, where you're like, what's wrong with me? I have no self-control. You have all those negative thoughts about yourself. And so once you're able to come from a place of like, you know what's going on with your body, you're in partnership with it, you know how to support yourself and it changes the game for everything. Like that mindset seeps into like all areas of your life. I, I swear that I, I went from hating myself like during this time to loving myself, like being like, I need to add this in. It's all about abundance, not restriction. That whole mindset for me, like I've had my own body image and eating disorders and all of that stuff. I swear that was a huge game changer for me where I was like, wow, my body's naturally supposed to eat more. I feel like I have structure. I know what to expect. And then I have more compassion for myself. Like, yes, it feels like you're almost taking care of yourself too. It's like nurturing versus like beating yourself up for, you know, for something. I want to touch on PMS because I think that's something that what I learned from your guys' page, which was blew my mind. So for me, I always break out. I always get moody. My boobs always get sore. I just thought that was normal. I thought that was just part of being a woman. And what I learned from your guys' page is that PMS symptoms aren't normal. Your boobs being sore isn't normal, like all of these things. So can we talk about that? Because that's going to blow so many people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I forget the stat now, but I'm pretty sure somewhere around 90% of women experience PMS. And that's why everyone thinks it's normal because everyone's going through it. But 
it's totally possible to have a PMS free cycle. And I think it's all about being proactive versus reactive. And when we say like reactive, we mean like just popping a mitol and hoping everything is going to be all right, right? So PMS is, it's caused by an imbalance of estrogen to progesterone. It's that ratio. It has to be like in this Goldilocks ratio. And it's very easily thrown off by like our modern day world with like constant stress, you know, us getting hit with environmental toxins all the time, you know, things like that. So the best news is though, is that like PMS is totally and completely like fixable with our diet and lifestyle. Elena, what you said was exactly that. Like PMS is common, but it's not normal. And it's usually because we're not eating enough nutrient-dense foods, we're eating too many processed things that are on the shelves, our blood sugar's a mess, we're chronically stressed out, environmental toxins, which literally mimic estrogen in our body. So automatically throwing our estrogen to progesterone ratio out of balance. So it's not an overnight fix. Like you really do need to think about what you're eating and putting on your plate and how you're managing your stress and also switching to low toxic products over time. That's not something that happens overnight. Trust me, I threw my makeup bag out and I was like, crap, I have to like buy all these new products. It's so expensive. Yeah, but all the signs of PMS are just signs that your body needs love. Like at the end of the day, especially when looking at the four phases, your luteal phase needs love. That's where you should start. If you have no idea where to start, start adding in those nutrient dense foods and all of that. And we actually like usually tell our clients the first thing is like, when you take care of your blood sugar and you balance your blood sugar, you're going to keep the cravings away. You're going to keep the inflammation in your body down, which causes cramps. And it's really important to like start your day on a savory breakfast note, drink your coffee afterwards and see how you feel. That's a big tip that I learned from you guys too. Talk about that, the coffee thing. We definitely have some tips really quick before I go into the tips. I just want to touch on my personal experience with my estrogen dominance because I actually got tested through a functional med just because we're on the topic of PMS and I would get sore boobs. I was so, so, so stressed that my full-time job like consumed me. Like I was a different person because I recently just left like two months ago because I literally had to put my mental and physical health first because I was just beyond. Anyway, so having those symptoms and being tired all the time and feeling inflamed and it's a work in progress. Like I'm still working with my functional med behind the scenes at the moment, but getting tested tells you where your levels are at. So I knew I was estrogen dominant based on my symptoms, but then through the Dutch test, it confirmed that I was estrogen dominant. And Elena knew she's like, you're estrogen dominant. And I was like, no, I'm not. Whatever. So eating raw carrots and really like going on walks and getting my stress levels under control has helped drastically. Like my last few periods, because obviously every period is not going to be perfect. Like just because you cycle things doesn't mean stress isn't going to get in the way. You're going to have periods and times where your period is different. Like it's like a report card. It's, it's going to be different grades depending on what's going on in your life. But basically, after changing a few things, my estrogen, like I felt so much better. My boobs weren't sore. I wasn't having brain fog. Like I just felt so much better. And it's crazy because getting a test and just changing how you eat and work out and managing stress plays such a big role in how you feel and how your PMS symptoms like flare up necessarily. 
I love that too, because I think oftentimes it's like beating a dead horse when the wellness community always says, you know, lower stress and be gentle on yourself. But for me, that's so vague. It's like, I love that we're correlating this to, okay, if I do this, then potentially my cycle will be better or I'll have less symptoms. And it's sort of a nice gauge and a nice, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's a good way to just determine, you know, whether or not what I'm doing is actually working. And it's almost like positive reinforcement. It's like, okay, if I force myself, I guess force is a bad word, but like if I try to meditate every day, you know, and then I can look at my next cycle. And if that was better, then it's sort of this like positive reinforcement for myself to keep doing that. But before it was like, well, what am I doing this for? You know, where eating healthy and exercising is easy because it's like, okay, I feel better when I do this, but lowering stress sometimes has the results and the effects are so downstream that you don't see them right away. Yes. And I also feel like lowering stress is actually huge for PMS because like when your cortisol levels are up, you're screwed. It literally is a domino effect on everything. I remember just being like, okay, I'm not going to do yoga. I'm sorry. Like I'm not going to do yoga and I'm not, I'm stressed thinking about standing there doing it. You know, like this is how how it used to feel. And then I was like, okay, but there's other ways that I actually like things that I love that I'm obsessed with that make me feel calm. So for example, a hot bath, my husband wants to kill me because every time I take a bath, there's a leak in the basement. But anyway, that's when I feel my, like so calm and relaxed. And then also walking outside and I like going without headphones or anything. And I like touching the bushes and like staring at the water and feeling the wind. Like that to me is a meditation and that makes me calm. So it's more about just like finding what you're obsessed with and what you would do every single day that makes you feel really relaxed. So it doesn't have to be like forcing yourself to meditate. Yeah, because stress is everywhere in our day-to-day life. And it's just crazy from my personal experience how work stress played such a role in my PMS and my healing. I'm in the process of healing my hormones and fixing things because it takes a long time. Like you said, Allie, it's not just like a quick fix. So managing stress is definitely a big one for PMS levels, but we can go back to the coffee now (laughs) because coffee before. That's the perfect segue because one of the things you can do is to have your coffee after your meal or cut it out completely. We always recommend cutting it out completely during the luteal phase, at least like the week leading up to your period and your period. Because what's happening is a lot of people are having the coffee on an empty stomach. And when they do that, your body is then like put into fight or flight mode, like within the first 10 minutes of waking up, you know, cortisol is being pumped into your system. Like your body is like trying to deal with like, you know, running from a bear right away, right? And when that happens, you're then messing with your blood sugar and your insulin levels and your blood sugar is everything for your hormone health. And so that's like one simple tip that we give to everybody is that, you know, have your coffee after your breakfast or at least with your breakfast if you can and try to do decaf like during that part of your cycle. It makes the biggest difference. Like most of our clients in our signature program, power of periodization. That's the one thing that they do. They see the biggest changes with that. That's incredible because honestly, especially in our society, our culture, it's like just slug down a coffee your way out the door. You know, you don't need breakfast. And oftentimes I think it's such a trap because the caffeine will sort of blunt my appetite. So I'm like, I'm not even hungry, you know? And then like a few hours later, I'm like shaking, (laughs) like itchy, bitchy and twitchy. (laughs) And it doesn't mean you can't, you know, enjoy your coffee. We're not saying don't drink coffee. Like, obviously, like, 
coffee is amazing. But for me, like I switch to decaf and I make these yummy lattes and I can't even tell the difference like between the caffeine or the decaf. Like I can't even tell the difference. And we always recommend that to clients, friends, family. Like if there's one thing you can control, it's, you know, making this one change. Just try it out. You have nothing to lose. Try it out. Like, yes, stress sometimes you can't control, but you can control your morning coffee and people love their morning coffee, but it's like, have a little piece of food with it so that, you know, in an hour or two, you're not like shitting your pants and like shaking. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. No one wants that. No one got time for that. Speaking of that though, having a bowel movement once a day at least is an amazing way to reduce PMS. Cause if you're not having bowel movements, the toxins and the excess estrogen that's circulating your body will continue to recirculate. It's literally toxic. And like, it honestly makes you feel like crap too. So if you're not having bowel movements, like add in that fiber, you know, do what you have to do. Even if it's like movement, some people aren't moving enough, like drink water, move, like walking, all of that stuff will be really helpful to you. Maybe supplement with magnesium, like whatever you have to do to rid that excess estrogen would be great. Awesome. Um, okay. We're coming up on time. I do want to just leave people with a few tangible takeaways on best and worst things for your hormones. We already touched on the coffee. And then I want to hear about pop and where people can find you. But if you could just do some quick, like rapid fire, let's start with the best things people could do. Maybe like top three things they can do for their hormones. And then like the worst three things. Okay. We actually discussed this beforehand. So we would say the best things, there's actually like four things. Set a bedtime and a wake time so that you are getting into a routine. Humans crave routines. So you will get into a good sleep routine and that will help you with your circadian rhythm, which impacts your hormones like a domino effect. Then first thing in the morning, face the sun. That is the first thing I do with my husband, Elena and Julie do it too. Get outside and go for a five minute walk or something where you're facing the sun because this also helps your circadian rhythm. It allows your cortisol to know when to rise and your melatonin knows when to rise. Like it's really important. And then drinking water and eating three balanced meals a day. Like, I think that's super doable for everyone, at least three meals. Like really, if you're dealing with hormonal imbalances, skipping meals is not your friend right now. And then lastly, like just eating and exercising according to your cycle, which we discussed today and tracking your cycle. So download an app. We use the FEM app. It's F-E-M-M. And that just will help you know what day of the cycle you're in, which is like a really easy, simple thing if you're a beginner. And then we also love the MyFlow app, which teaches you more about the four phases of the cycle. Beautiful. Love those. Cool. And then the forced. Well, so coffee on an empty stomach is definitely one. And we just touched on that. That's one of our biggest tips. Also, we haven't really touched on using toxic products yet. And that's something that's super important to slowly start like making the switch because a lot of the conventional products on the market have these xenoestrogens in them, which are essentially like fake estrogens. And they mess with like the production, the transport, like the metabolism, our body can register like us having high estrogen when really it's just, you know, fake estrogens from these conventional products. So it's something that's really important for us to start switching over slowly. Like, and don't like Carly said, she threw out her entire makeup bag. Like we don't recommend doing that. Like once you finish one product and your deodorant, like Julie said, for example, 
you know, maybe do a little bit of research and the next deodorant that you buy, like make that one not toxic. Do it slowly so it's not overwhelming. But that really does have a big impact on your hormones. Mm -hmm. And one I want to add for worst is don't cut any food groups. I know we mentioned, we talked about this before, like there's a ton of people, you know, going keto or paleo and like all this stuff and you're cutting out certain food groups like carbs or fat. It's so important to have that balanced plate. And that's what's going to make you feel satiated at the end of the day. And your hormones will thank you for it. So don't cut any food groups. Especially the healthy fats. Like Kelly Levesque, I'm sure you've heard of her, Allie. She has a fab four smoothies and meals. So it's uh, it's just making sure you're having fiber, fat, protein, and a veggie, I think. Great. So just finding that balance and you'll feel satiated and you'll, you'll just feel so good. So Kelly Levesque is a great person to go to for that. Love her. Yeah. Awesome. You guys, this was amazing. Okay. So now I want to talk about your program. If people are like, I need help. (laughs) Um, I need more of the buyer sisters. Where can they find you a little bit about the program? And then obviously where can they find you on social media? Okay. So you can find us and our website has our power periodization information on it, but it's balancedbuyers.com. Our Instagram is at balancedbuyers. And then in terms of our program, we are obsessed with it. We've launched it. This is our third round and we have over 200 women in it right now. And it's where we help you learn how to exercise, eat and live according to your natural hormone fluctuations. And that also comes with teaching you how to learn about your cycle, how to track it, noticing your patterns, knowing how to reach out to a doctor, like how to communicate with others about your issues and finding the root cause. Like it's truly a lifestyle. Like it's a lifestyle that we live personally. And we just are obsessed with helping others adapt that lifestyle too, because it's how we should be living. Every single person has noticed at least one positive improvement when dedicating themselves to learning about their cycle. And we just want that for everyone. Within the pop group, it's also like community. So instead of like 1v1 with clients, it's more like we have a Slack channel. We used to use Facebook, but now we use Slack. And we have like a channel called Win. So people share their wins and how they had the best periods the last few months or just small wins and big wins. And it's so great having a community of people because you're not alone and anyone listening like might feel alone and isolated in their PMS and their journey with their period. But it's a group of people that are have similar issues just like you. And we're not perfect. And I think it's so fun having a community of people because we're so engaged and involved and everyone is so involved. So it makes it 10 times better. That sounds so fun. I want to join. Yeah. <laughs> Come in our Slack group. We're going to send it to you. Our next launch is in spring. So Elena's having her baby and we're taking a little coaching break, but we'll be probably launching it in March. And what I did want to say is we truly pride ourselves on going along the journey with you. We host live calls all the time and we do pop quizzes. So we like quiz you on the information and want to make sure that you fully feel confident and know a lot about your cycle and what to do to help before you leave the program, because we want you to live this life without us. Like we want you to leave the program feeling fully equipped. And I think we do a really great job at it. I really do have to say, and I'm, we're excited. We want you to be a part of the the next round. Yeah. I mean, you guys, it's just, it's so clear how passionate you are and it, it shines through. And I think even if people aren't interested in, you know, the like learning about the hormones and stuff, I think the biggest takeaway too is even just tracking your cycle. Like what I've noticed just from briefly starting to do it is just 
the benefit is that you're more in tune with your body on a whole, right? It's like, I think so many of us are used to just separating our mind and our body and being so in our heads all the time. And it's almost just retraining us to get back into our bodies and be more intuitive and mindful just through, you know, obviously the cycle tracking, which is really cool. That was so beautifully said. Thank you. (laughs) You guys, this was amazing. I could talk to you forever. I may want to have you guys come back on for a part two eventually, just because there was so much we couldn't get to. There's so much to talk about. There's so much. And yeah, I'll ask people if they have any specific questions or something, because we kind of just, I feel like, scratched the surface. So thank you so much for coming. And I'm so excited to share this episode. Thank you, Allie. Thank you so much.